Everybody, welcome back to another episode of War Stories from the Music Front. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Lauren Weissman. How you doing, Lauren? Hey, Michael, doing great. So where in the world are you? Because you're always traveling right now promoting <laughs> your book. So where are you today? I am back in the West Coast hub for me. I'm in West L.A. Beautiful day. <laughs> awesome. So so not not that it's snowing out east anymore, but the last time we chatted, you were like, dancing around a snowstorm coming through the east coast oh man it was it, it was just outside of philadelphia it was it was sleeting and raining and snowing it couldn't make up his mind it was yeah it's it, i'm much happier to be over here and, and with the east coast it's probably going to snow again before uh, <laughs> right. before spring's done <laughs> exactly exactly so today on war stories i thought we'd kind of turn things around a bit it's still a war story because I was thinking, you know, in, in the traditional sense, a war story is not always something that happened that was a tragedy in war. You know, there's, you know, there's movies and stories about good things. That amazing war story of somebody coming in and saving somebody and, you know, good things becoming the end result. So instead of always talking about the, the failures that we've seen and experienced, let's talk about a couple successes. Absolutely. Um, so I want to throw out probably one of the biggest successes that I was directly involved in. And we're going back to 2003 with this one. I was working with KISS at the time, um, managing their online website, KISS Online, online fan club, and we had just gotten into ticketing. And artist fan club ticketing was kind of in its infancy still at that back in 2003. You know, as big as it is right now, um, it, it wasn't huge back then. And uh, VIP, platinum, meet and greets, whatever you want to call it that are everywhere today, didn't exist back then. So back in 2003, um, KISS had the opportunity to get some tickets for their upcoming tour. This was the World Domination Tour where they co-headlined with Aerosmith. And they'd never sold tickets to their fans before. Um, and management said, what do you want to do with these tickets? And I was like, I don't know, but I want them. Get me tickets. <coughs> hold hold tickets for every show for me. And they basically said, well, all right, well, you got to get back to us within a week because either we're going to have to release them or you know, they, we just can't sit on good tickets. And I quickly sat down, and as a big fan, I'm like, what would a fan kill for? And the first, th <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was front row ticket and a photo with the band. So I sat down, and I was like, all right, how do I put together a really cool package that the fans are going to love that's going to have real value? Because I know during the reunion tour, fans were paying in excess of $750 for tickets right up front to scalpers, to scalpers. And I'm like, you know, we can, I can get tickets in the first five rows. That's what the band's management is holding for us, that the promoters are holding for us. So I just quickly put together a, a guaranteed ticket, first two rows, a photo with the band backstage, an autographed tour book with the band, a set of guitar picks. Everybody's giving out guitar picks left and right now, but back then nobody was really doing that. So I'm like, give me a set of guitar picks because I'm trying to put together something that has low cost. We're the merchandising company doing this. So tour books, 
to us, they might sell for $35, $40, but you know, they're like $1.50 to us. It costs. <laughs> and all right, we'll give you an exclusive t-shirt that we're going to print up. Again, that's a couple dollar cost to us. Might be $40 retail, but a couple dollars to us. Guitar picks, you know, the band, bands have bags, bags of guitar <laughs> picks, and they probably get them free anyway as endorsements. So, you know, they can give us a couple thousand guitar picks, no problem. And I put this whole package together, and after going back and forth with Doc McGee, their managers, we arrived at a price point, $1,000, to meet the band in makeup, first two rows, and all this other merchandise cool stuff. And I honestly, in, 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 my, in my heart, as a fan, I was like, this is a really good value a thousand dollars i mean especially when fans would spend 750 dollars just to buy a scalp ticket up front you can't tell me that that ticket with all this other stuff isn't doesn't add up to a great value so we announced that these were going to be going on sale i think within a couple weeks time and holy crap the flack that started hitting you know fans were just like <laughs> you can't charge that's the worst thing in the world you're charging fans to meet you you know that's supposed to be free thousand dollars we're not all made of money you know that should be a hundred dollars and there was just tons and tons of pushback on that and uh bands were getting this is pre-facebook and pre-twitter and stuff like that but the band had their own message board and had their own commenting on their own website. So there was a ton of negative feedback coming. And, you know, the band, credit to them, stood their ground because they really believed in this and basically said, you know, we can't, their, their analogy was, you know, we all fly, but we don't all fly first class. You know, <laughs> some people can afford first class. Some people can afford business. Some people can only afford coach. You know, there's something for everybody to choose from there. And and we can't say everybody has the opportunity for the meet and greet because we literally can't meet 200 fans at every show. You know, we had to limit it to like 25 because just of the time constraints. You can't do, we basically had about a half hour to put this whole package together before a show. If you had 100 fans... That would never work in a 30-minute time period. 25 fans, you can actually do something really nice in 30 minutes. We had gotten a time down that you can do photos with each person in 11 minutes. In, take your photo, in, take your photo, in, take your photo. That leaves you another, um, what, 14, 14, no, 11 minutes. So that leaves you another about 20 minutes of mingling and meeting the band which is what they do. They just walk around and talk to fans and sign other things and everything else. And for 25 people, that worked out well. And when we finally put them on sale, and that was the big moment, because that's you know that's where people will, I always say, vote with your wallet. If you don't like something, <laughs> vote with your wallet, and that tells you it's not going to work. We're not buying tickets to your tour. The tour's going to bomb. Your tickets are too high priced. We don't buy them. People are going to drop ticket prices, whatever it is. So we knew that when we put these on sale, whatever, Monday morning at $1,000, 25 per show, either they were going to bomb or they were going to be successful. Cool. 
And, you know, there was a lot of, like, nervous energy when we put these on sale. Okay, what's going to happen? And we had our answer within five minutes. 100% sellouts. 100% sellouts across, what was it, like a 60-date tour, 25 of these $1,000 packages per date all sold out. And and so that that there proved that stick to your guns if you believe in it, and it worked out. And then the absolute final like icing on the cake was once the events started to happen, and we got the feedback from the fans who went. I can't tell you how many emails I was getting from fans saying, "Thank you so much for letting me buy this package." Thank you for putting this together. You made my dream come true. You allowed me to bring my son to a show and meet the band that I grew up idolizing. You know, we were just flooded with fans who spent the $1,000 per ticket saying, thank you for letting us do this. And, 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 and that there is the, is the, like I said, the final icing to say this was the right decision. It took... You know, you can basically say it took a lot of balls to stick to that decision because $1,000 is a lot, and you're charging it basically to your most diehard fans. And they're either going to love it or hate it. They're going to revolt or praise it. And, uh, you know, and even the industry was a little like, what's Kiss doing? Oh, my God, it's a $1,000 ticket. You know, oh, there's Kiss again. Anything for a buck, that greedy band, blah, blah. They stuck to it. And, you know, sure enough, you know, what, in 2014 now, can you name a band that doesn't do that? (laughs) I mean, seriously, name any band that doesn't do a VIP package of some sort. It may not be a meet and greet, but they're selling some form of VIP treatment. Absolutely. And, you know, it took a lot of, uh, whether you want to say balls, courage, strength, faith, you know, passion, to stick to their guns back in 2003 to do it, but it paid off, you know, huge success for them. And I think that that just illustrates if you're going to do something in your career and it's getting a little flack or a lot of flack, it's going to take some passion and commitment to stick to it. Don't cave. If you really believe in what you're doing, don't cave at the first pushback. You know, stand your ground and see it through and prove everybody that you're right in what you want to do. I, I agree with you, but I think one of the elements that you talked about and what you brought in, in 2003, 2005 was also in the middle of, of, of balls and commitment, there was a sense of humility. And that's something that artists need to take away. In the sense, if this didn't work, if, if, if you weren't sold out then, I mean, you like you said, you were nervous, you're watching this stuff. If that didn't work, then it's like, okay, that's not what the fans want. I mean, in, in right. a sense, um, and, I, and I think from the smallest band that couldn't, that, that isn't in a place to do a VIP package to a kiss, it's, it's being like the fan whisperer. Right. You know, I, right. I, I think in certain ways, uh, Michael, you are in the music industry from the caliber of Kiss to the band that just came up with a name, your your basis and your expertise, but also your connection to the fans and that sense of, okay, what do we want? What are we going to try? But then at the same time, 
not plugging something that nobody's buying. If it didn't work, I'm sure you would have come up with so, some other angle. That that was genius. But the ability to, to the I, I like to add in and not in any negative way, but make sure that you have a commitment, a goal, a plan. But if that plan does not succeed, then how are you going to adapt that plan to reach those? What, fans? What, yeah, what's your content? <laughs> what's your contingency plan? But right, you, you know, you're, you're you're right. I think I think one of the reasons this succeeded for them was. The fact that I looked at this program from the very beginning as as a fan, what what would I actually be willing to pay? What would I be able to sit here and go, okay, I'm getting this, 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 and this? What is that total up in my mind as a fan, and is that cool? Because I've seen other bands put together packages, and you can sit here and go, that's put together by manager, that was put yeah. together by a promoter, that was just... Let's just take these items and throw them out there when you're going, the fans don't care about that. Why are you trying to sell that to us? You know, I, I, listen, I'll, I'll name it right now, Motley Crue. Motley Crue on, the, on their upcoming tour is selling, what, a $4,000 meet and greet package? But here's the thing. I'm looking at it going, well, first of all, Tommy Lee doesn't take part in it, so you're only meeting three of the four guys. And one of their big selling features for $4,000 is you get an autographed guitar. And, and, and I'm like, listen, um, I can say with pretty confident, pretty confident in saying this, that's probably a $30 endorsement guitar that you're buying. <laughs> and passing off as a $2,000 value. It's not like you're giving us the stage-played guitar that Mick Mars used that is a quality guitar. Oh, and, yeah. and so as a fan, I looked at that package, and I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, you're trying, you know, someone's sitting here going, well, blah, 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 let's do this, do this, do this. And I'm just like... Um, did you talk to a fan? Did you do you have the pulse of fans to know that whatever package you're putting together, whatever you're doing, whether it's it doesn't have to be a VIP package as as we're talking here, but whatever you're doing, do you think your fans are really going to love this, or is it just something that the manager said do it? I think that's the biggest point and the best point that you can make for any musician on any level. Did you talk to the fan? I mean, from from organizing your bio and being able to make the comparisons of what you sound like. Maybe you don't th think you sound like anybody. Maybe you haven't heard anybody that sounds like you. But ask your fans, when you're describing me, how do you describe me or my band? When you ask the fans, what do they want? Yes, it's a $4,000 or $1,000 package for some band out of Seattle today that no one's ever heard of. It's not going to happen. But maybe they might say, hey, I just went to this college event and got a free item that was this for some sports shop and i thought that was cool or i'm seeing these girls wearing x you have this base and this ability and like you as you know the the expert but also the fan for kiss in, in designing and designating a program a lot of a lot of bands out there they can do the exact same thing by reaching out a little wider instead of making the assumption of what people want asking them what they like or, or, you know, you just got to listen to your fans. You know, we did we did a program for Sammy Hagar after KISS. And and I don't know if Sammy's still doing it, but back then he had um, risers on his stage when he'd perform. 
And he would have like 25 to 50 fans come sit on stage with him while he was doing the show. And a lot of times they were radio contest winners and, and, and local website fans and stuff like that. But we we're like, how about giving us 25 of those to sell as your VIP meet and greet? How cool would that be? The Sammy Hagar fans crave to get up on stage because they see that as like the, the ultimate you know, that's that's the mountain they want to achieve is I want to be on stage when Sammy's singing. So here you go. Yeah, some of these can be won through radio station, but some of you want to just flat out buy it. Here you go. You can get right on stage. That's unique to Sammy. And he recognized that that was the opportunity his fans would like. No, that makes perfect sense. So, so yeah, you know, make sure, you know, I think the two takeaways from this war story um, make sure you, you have the pulse, the vision of what your fans want whenever you're creating something. Don't just think you know or that somebody's just telling you this is the way it's got to be. Make sure you feel confident that that's actually going to be seen as something positive and valuable to your fans. And then when you're doing something that gets some heat, be prepared to stand up, take the heat, see it through because you know now 11 years later, Kiss, no, nobody's remembering the, the heat they got back in 2003, <laughs> and everybody wants to keep buying more and more packages. Stand by, I mean, stand by your convictions with your products and putting in kind of a slight caveat. Stand by the convictions with your songs in the same way as you put together these packages. There are a million song critics out there and, and reviewers, and I was just at ASCAP Expo, and there were people, I'll review your song for free or I'll review it for this. There are certain ideas that you can take in. There's certain ideas that have already worked and developed by people like you. But there's also that element, stay true to yourself right. and what you want to be. Otherwise, you become this product and this concept that is no longer you. Yeah, yeah. If, if you believe in it, stick to it. You, you, know, you will take heat and flack in something that's, that's new, groundbreaking, different, um, but that's good to some extent because that means people are paying attention to what you're doing they have they have they care they care exactly <laughs> all right so uh i guess until next week you know leave us comments on youtube we'd love to hear what you guys think if you've got war stories to share let us know and oh i should mention we are now available on iheart radio so besides cool. <laughs> itunes you can search for war stories on on itunes and find us you can go to iHeartRadio and search for War Stories from the Music Front, and you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app and through the iHeartRadio network. Way cool. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So until next week, guys, thank you. Take care.